0: Welcome, everyone, to How Winners Win. I am Daniel Blue, as always. I am joined by my co host, Keita Spears, aka Hi Key. What up, winners? So, if you're not watching this on YouTube or any other video streaming service, it feels like me and Keita are on a date. Like, we, we are just, we're, we're staring <laughs> at looking, each other. He's looking in my eyes. Yeah, right we're now. staring at each other. Usually, you're on the side. And uh, yeah. I like this, though. Yeah, it's it, cool. It was good. I
1: think, I think it's going to, you know, my side profile is pretty nice. Yeah. So yeah. I am mad at it. Yeah, for
0: <laughs> sure. So you're going to Hawaii yeah. in a couple weeks. Yeah,
1: so I'm in my flip-flops right now. Yeah. Custom to it.
0: Yeah, what are you looking forward to the most?
1: <sighs> waking up to ocean breeze. Waking up to ocean breeze. Waking up and it not being 90 degrees when I wake up. You know, I live in Las Vegas and I walk my dogs in the morning. And it's nothing worse than starting your day sweating because you're walking your dogs to go to the bathroom and then picking up some some dog shit so there's no better way than to start it with one i'm not bringing my dogs so not having to take any dogs out in the morning two waking up and hearing some waves crashing so you can't really beat that the view that our family house is at is incredible from the balcony you can wash dishes and you know fall in love with hawaii looking at a sunset so it's i'm looking just the scenery you know the weather and uh having my toes out, wearing my slippers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Love it. Love it. You're going to come back with anything? Just a
1: tan. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you were quick with that. Too. Yeah. yeah. A tan.
1: Yeah. Shit. I'll be, I'll be shirtless the entire time I'm out there. So, yeah. uh, but I am. Oh, so, um, I did do something cool. So this is a finance podcast to talk about winning. So yeah. another way to win is one sign up for bonus points and introductory offers. When you can chase gave me a dope 100,000 bonus points last year. Just never use the points. Well, 20,000 points a night gets you the Hyatt Regency right on Waikiki. That is the four and a half star resort for 20,000 points a night. So I booked my me and my lady two nights right before I get back to Vegas. So I'm super pumped to stay at a nice resort, get treated well. You get to avoid all resort fees when you book in points, by the way. So you're saying
0: you were able to use your credit card for everyday purchases, accumulate points, and then use these points to- Stay
1: beachfront in Hawaii. Yes.
0: So winners, if you're using a debit card for your purchases- You're losing. Yes. (laughs) Stop it. It's not how you win. All right. Play the game. These credit card companies give you some dope points. Discover right now is giving me 5% when I eat out. I I love Discover, dude, because every quarter they change up- the rewards. That's funny
1: you say that because Discover must have been listened to our podcast because yeah. ever since you mentioned Discover to me, yeah. guess what's in the mail? <laughs> Only Discover. I've never never received Discover mail in my life until you brought it up to me. So unless you got a referral code, I'm about to use them. No, <laughs> use I, one of these offers. I, I
0: think it's... Your credit score is going up, dude. Okay. Because that that's, I mean, discover doesn't market to, you know, just everyone, okay, right? So yeah, like discover American express, with me. Yeah. <laughs> they're you, fucking, mama, yeah, they fuck it
1: yeah, they're fucking with me, man. There's so that's the only, I mean like two, three times in a week. I'm like in the same week, I'm like, you guys really, really want my business. I might give it to them. So, um, you. but no, that is definitely the game. You know, my everyday purchases spent $3,000 in, in four months, you know, that was just rent, you know, so that's yeah. easy peasy. A year later, I'm getting to spend two nights for our anniversary that happened earlier in July. Well, we get to spend it the first week in August at a nice fancy resort. So,
0: Guys, take notes. <clears throat> kita's filling his ladies' cup. He's filling his own cup. And uh, it's pretty much free on yeah. uh, Chase's... Uh, dime, yeah. right? Thank you, Chase, for being a Hyatt partner.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: buddy. So, we um, one, we want to tell you guys we really appreciate you guys' time, right? You guys could be listening Definitely. to other podcasts, you could be doing other things right now and, uh, you know, Keaton and I take that very seriously. So, one, we just wanted to thank you and as always, you know, reciprocation is huge. If we can add value when you guys are, are done listening to this episode, you know, share this with a friend. Uh, I have a really good feeling that you're going to want to share the episode that we're going to talk about here right now to a friend. Uh, give us a review if you haven't already, all that kind of fun stuff. So now that we got that out of the way, I was texting Kita, because usually I text Keita a couple of days for the podcast. I'm like, yo, what do you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. And we usually just go off of what is real life, right? What is happening in our life right now? So I gave Kita a topic or two and he's like, bro, why are we going to talk about that? We need to talk about your run. And I was like, that's right, because <laughs> we did do a podcast before i made people know that you're doing a yeah. run. you know and, and, yeah. and not only
1: do do they know we literally just did a, a show not too long ago i don't know when it's going to come out we probably already it's already k definitely already came out since this episode is pushing yourself pushing yourself how to go past the limits so this is a beautiful beautiful segue into this episode because whatever topic he was going to bring up wasn't shit compared to apparently what happened up in
0: Utah. Correct. Yeah. That was over the weekend. Yeah. It's an hour outside of Utah, uh, outside of St. George, Utah. Okay. And for those of you it's that are
1: stopping grounds, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it was quite it's an event. Who went home? Exactly. And, um, for those of you that haven't been following my journey or did not listen to this last uh, podcast episode, I made a goal June 3rd to run 38 miles because one, I wanted to push myself and two, our, our dear friend Trevor Cowley turned 38 years old on July 18th slash 19th. And for Trevor's 38th birthday, he wanted to run 38 miles. So- There's Nothing
1: like a friend to call you a pussy to make you run 38 miles, right? Right, right. <laughs> like that, that's
0: tip number one, guys, is- Have friends that are crazy. Yes. Right. Because you're either, I feel like you tell you're either crazy or you're normal. Yeah. Right. You're either crazy or you're average. Average. And I'd rather be called crazy than average. Call me crazy any day of the week, but don't call me average. Yeah. So that's how this all came about. Right. So it's June 3rd last month. I make the commitment. I ran three miles that day and I was gassed. I'm not a runner. So after I ran three miles that day, I was like, dude, how am I going to run freaking 38 miles six weeks from now? And I'm telling people I'm going to run 38 miles in six weeks. And they ask me, usually the first question they ask, Kita is, have you ever ran a marathon before? And I'm like, no. And they're like looking at me like, you're like an idiot.
1: See, that's funny that that was the first question. I'm like, why? Yeah. (laughs) That would
0: have been mine. Why? (laughs) Right? So end up training over the last six weeks. And, uh, I'm pretty sure on this podcast, I was pretty transparent. I was like, dude, I'm hella nervous. Like the most I've ran during my training was 22 miles. I had three runs leading into the training that were my longer runs, 18, 22 and 18 mile two out of those three runs, dude. I took L's like one of those runs. I literally had to call my wife, Arielle because I was cramping on the side of the road and I couldn't make it to my destination. Like I completely took an L. Um, One of the other runs, I took a different type of supplement that I'm used to taking And I started getting nauseous on mile 18 and I wanted to throw up and I got lightheaded and I had to sit on the side of a Seven Eleven and called my wife to come pick me up. Right. So like, those are the kind of runs I was going into with the the run. Right. So I'm like, dude, I've ran three big runs, but they weren't my best of runs. Mm -hmm. How am I going to do this thing? Right. So real quick,
1: let me interject real quick. What do you think telling people did for you in regards to helping you accomplish this goal?
0: Yeah, so I think one is calling your shot can be really powerful, but it can be a gift and a curse, right? Because if you call your shot and you don't follow through, then you lose credibility. And because I knew this was such a big experience in my life, and because I knew it could impact a lot of people, I thought this is going to be entertaining and valuable to share, and I'm confident enough where even though I came into the run six weeks ago, not feeling the best, I was gassed after three miles, I've been working out for a few years, right? Like I'm in shape, not cardio wise. So I'm just so damn hard headed. I was like, dude, I can do it. I think I can do it. And let me call my own shot and let me document my journey. Like I would really, and I started to think about this, Ketah, I would really love to doc- document my journey and share it with Bella. You know, I'd love to share my journey with my thirteen year old daughter and have her see what happens when you call your own shot. You're scared, you're nervous, you put it out in the universe, you have doubt, you have moments of confidence, and you back it up and you do it. So that was the motivation behind that.
1: Okay. So do you feel so it definitely feels like, you know, when you're putting yourself out, it's almost like putting yourself under pressure. You know, because you could have quietly worked on this right you could have quietly prepared you could have quietly taken those two l's on those runs you didn't have to tell anybody that you took an l and if you follow daniel which is what we say at, on all our shows follow us on social media so you can keep up with us he posted every single time he took that fucking l uh, took it right on the chin and said hey guys i i I said, I was running 18. He said, post a video before I'm about to go for 18, post a video. Yeah, I didn't get to 18. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on the side of the road limping. Side of the road limping. And then his his girls clowning him, you know, the (laughs) video, I mean, real life shit guys, real life stuff. Um, but you still kept telling people that you're running 38, you know? So what did that first L, what did that, like, what did that, that teach you? You know, when you were going for that first 18-mile run and you didn't accomplish that goal, I mean, obviously you're feeling confident enough to say you were going to go set out and do 18 miles that day. You know, what did you learn after that?
0: It just reminded me that we learn so much from else. Like, the losses that you take, you learn freaking more from those than your wins, right? The three big runs I did, 18, 22, 18, the 22 miler was the one that I didn't have to call for help because I was on the side of the road freaking, you know, melting away, right? I'm, I'm running in 95 degree weather like an idiot too, mm-hmm. right? Vegas. So there was yet not a whole lot of less in there. Like I did what I said I was going to do. Um, the L's, man, I, I learned what mistake I made along the way. Running is, man, it's an it's a interesting beast, dude. Running is so tactical because you have to figure out at what mile do you take your goo gel? Right. Goo is, um, a little bit of caffeine, some sodium and like a hundred calories. And it's a really popular, um, kind of, a uh, uh, supplement that runners take a lot of, uh, long distance runner. So do I Pick take it at, up in
1: between. or Do something? I take
0: it at set mile seven? Do I take <laughs> it at mile 10? Mm-hmm. You know, what happens if I take two of these within 10 miles? Right. Does it upset my stomach? All right. So All of these things along the way, you know, how much should I bring on the on the trek as far as liquids? When should I drink? Like all of that along the way teaches you how to prepare and how to execute. And it's just like real life, dude. Right. It's it's you know, marketing your business, it's starting a business, it's running a sales team. Like, dude, no matter what, you just have to take action. You gotta figure it out along the way. Yes, you need to have a roadmap, you need to have a game plan, but I think so many of us are afraid of taking that step, taking that action, because we want it to all be mapped out first and the stars aligned. And that's not how life works.
1: No. So for the winners, like breaking that down, you to accomplish this big goal that you set out on June 3rd, you basically started with micro goals. You were doing something every single day, right? And, And basically, like we've talked about on the show, commitment involves a date, a specific date and time You knew that What was it? July 20 18th, July 18th, 18th You knew that day It was circled on your town You have to run that 38 miles Regardless So There's always The best way for me That I've always learned You know Visualizing a goal Is who is that person On July 18th That runs 38 miles And basically The person on J- June 3rd You know Is not that guy He ran three Right But you basically Had enough time To convert yourself and build yourself into the person that could potentially run 38. And along the way you had to fail, right? You had to come up with, you know, big goals and not accomplish them. And then come up with goals. I believe the 22, you wouldn't set out to do 22 originally. You think you did above what you're supposed to do. I I set out 20. Set out to do 20 and they end up doing 22 because you felt good. Yeah. So it's very interesting because that's really how life works. Those two L's, you could have stopped right there. You could have said, damn, this shit ain't for me. I can't even do 18. How am I going to do 38? You could have stopped right there.
0: Well, I, I think what's important too. I'm glad you bring this up is before I took those L's, I had some equity stored within me. And what I mean by that guys is when you say you're going to do something and you keep your promises, you follow through with your commitments, dude, I, I'm a firm believer that your your body, your mind essentially stores that inside of you and it's built-in equity. Because going into, okay, I took an L on the 18-miler, but a few runs ago, I did a 15, I did a 13-miler, and I did what I said I was going to do. The night before, I said, I'm going to run 13 miles. The next day, I wake up at 4 a.m. Man, I don't want to go outside and run. I don't want to do that. I'm hurting. I'll just go tomorrow. No, you said you were going to do what you said you are going to do. Do it. Then I do it. I get done, my mind's like, oh, I can believe you. I can trust you. So going into my L's, I had equity within myself. And I think that's really important, guys. When you set out on a goal, you set out on a a new version of yourself, a better version of yourself, you do have to have those micro wins along the way. Not that grand, enormous, long-term win, because that's going to take time, but you cannot get to that ultimate win where you're a champion at that moment, your own champion without having the micro wins along the way, but then a few big L's because those L's is how you learn.
1: Definitely. So we're not perfect, right? You had six weeks to prepare. Were there days that you, you obviously took an L with the running, but were there days that you weren't doing what you were supposed to do along the way? You know, for the winners, we all got life. We all have goals and shit that we want to accomplish, but there are days that you can't do what you say that you're going to do for whatever reason. You know, were you perfect in that sense or were there days that came up where you didn't get to
0: accomplish what you wanted to accomplish? I was pretty dialed in, dude. I mean, that's I know we're going to get to the end in terms of like the result I was able to accomplish, but I was pretty damn dialed in. So, how I would answer that question is your commitment to your goal, the urgency that you have. And how bad you want it has to outweigh the outside circumstances, the excuses, the things you can't control that go against you, right? During this training, I traveled a couple times. I went to Dallas. I was in Dallas for three days, right? Dude, I strategically got a hotel next to Lifetime Gym. So then that way I could go work out. I could stretch. I can hit the sauna, right? So some of the guys went out at night, they drank, I stayed home. Why? Because that goes against my goal. Right? So we talked about this on this last episode is when you have a specific goal in mind, it's really easier to say yes and no to the things that either align with your goal or they don't align. And you say no, right? You know, maybe it's seeking a new relationship. Maybe it's starting a business. Maybe it's getting a promotion at a job maybe it's losing weight, whatever it is, what's the goal. But then along the way, there's going to be things that pop up. And can I say yes or no to this and essentially have a compass? Um, now I will say there were some days that I'm trying to think back over the last six weeks, um, where I, I had a cheat meal, right? I didn't eat what I needed to eat that day. But as far as like running, when I said I was going to run, oh, you know what, dude, I take that back. There was a day I said I was going to run and I didn't. And this goes back to an L I did legs the day before.
1: So keep,
0: keep this in mind, ladies and gentlemen, along the way, I'm also training, right? I'm lifting weights and I didn't stop doing that. I'm still going heavy squats, deadlifts, all that on top of running. So one thing I figured out is I cannot do legs. And then the next day run. So, dude, there was one day I did legs. I did heavy squats. The next day, I have all my running gear lined up, everything in place. I got my little short, short running shorts on. I got my supplements lined up. I'm, I'm, I'm all ready, dude. I make it a mile outside of my house. <laughs> you didn't realize it's freaking 4:20 in the morning, and I turn back around. Yeah, I was like, dude, I, I can't. run
1: around with c- freaking cinder blocks in dude, your legs. Yeah,
0: so like that was I did not do what I said I was going to do. However, again, I was an L. I went back to the drawing board and then I had to re restructure my workouts to align with my, my running routine.
1: I see is that's, that's super important. Cause I want the winners to see like the roadmap to success, the roadmap to the destination is filled with bumps. I mean, you, this, we're not even talking about, you know, did life all of a sudden get easy Did did you have no problems, no no haywire events, or no work events, no life events, no relationship events, no kid events in that six weeks? Like, come, you know, like we obviously know life still happens. Oh, yeah. You know, but you were able to prioritize, you know, the goal. And what really, you know, when you were explaining the story to me, you know, we're Raiders fans out here now in Vegas. And one of their sayings is commitment to excellence. And I've seen this saying, I feel like a lot of people have seen this saying. But nobody really actually looks at the words like commitment to excellence, and that truly what you tried to exemplify during this run, this last six weeks, was a commitment to excellence, which is setting that goal, wanting to accomplish it without a doubt, and then telling everybody, calling your shot, like you said in the beginning, calling your shot in the beginning was super important because now you said this is what the this is what the standard is, and the reason why I wanted to ask is sometimes when you fall, when you have a bad day, or you take an L it doesn't change the commitment to excellence. You still gave it your best shot. You still said, you know, you're still going to do what you're going to do. So don't beat yourself up. But that's again, when you're going to start a process, the micro wins matter. But after a while, you know, you're halfway through the week and you took those first couple L's, you said you already did a 15 mile. You already did a 13 mile. You already beat the person that you were June 3rd. So that matters. So then now, you know, I think we've already got enough of the June 3rds in the middle. Let's talk about July eighteenth,
0: yeah, man. So we uh, we were gonna interview Satema that morning, um, Super Bowl champ. He's a stud. We're gonna get him on the show here really soon, and you guys are gonna love his story. But he was our ten a.m., and he got held up at the DMV. Gotta love the DMV, and we weren't able to interview him. So that allowed me to head out to St. George a little bit earlier because the plan was I was gonna jump on trevor and kale's podcast the real business owners in the afternoon and then in the afternoon after that go eat rest sleep a few hours and then we were going to start running at midnight that night so satema's podcast doesn't happen with us i'm like okay cool i can leave a little bit earlier Mm -hmm. i get to saint george about two o'clock they're an hour ahead of us Jump on the podcast with the real business owners. Shout out to those guys. If you guys have not checked out their podcast, it's it's pretty pretty sure Aren't it's The only person to come back on twice? The only other person I asked that question was one of their employees. So, <laughs> so, so Trevor's like, technically you are the first one outside of our circle. There I you say, go. I said, cool. Uh, they're top 1% podcast. They are the, the shit. Um, so I had a really good time there. Got done with the podcast. And then we went and had Olive Garden. Oh, can I tell you? The St. George Olive Garden, like just popping, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it, was, it was, it was a lot of people. Uh, no, like I mean, they look like everyone just left from church or got there from church. Like, oh, nice. Just, I'm painting a picture, guys. St. George, Utah, is like Mormonville. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just. Uh, very very cookie cutter, right? <laughs> so I'm pretty sure Olive Garden is like the happening yeah, spot. Yeah, I mean
1: that's probably you know where you go take your your first date. You exactly. might go to anniversary dinner. Exactly. Then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
0: it's a ten year anniversary. Ooh. Yeah. So had a bunch of pasta there. Got done with that. And uh, again, I'm thinking we'll check in the hotel, sleep three hours. I'm good. The next thing I know, Trevor's like, "All right, we're gonna meet at the office with the RV at nine o'clock." I'm like. Bro, I thought we're driving. I thought we're running at midnight. He's like, "Yeah, but dude, it takes an hour to get there." So now my whole plan is, I, oh. get, I get told this at like seven o'clock, dude. <laughs> so now my whole night's just thrown off. Now I don't sleep one because I'm really anxious. So I get absolutely zero sleep.
1: I mean, honestly, the three hours probably would have set you back way worse if you really think about it. It would have did way more. <laughs> you harm. think so? I one thousand <laughs> percent believe that if you would have took that nap. I don't think the story would have ended the same way.
0: I mean, the story doesn't sound the same way, right? I can say I ran an ultra marathon on literally zero sleep, right? So we meet at Trevor's office. We load up the RV. There's like eight of us in the RV. It's me, Trevor, the homie Travis, and a few uh, of of Trevor's team. We got a, a camera crew. We get in the RV, And I didn't realize, dude, not only one, is it an hour away, but two, it's one lane lane roads. Like we're driving in the middle of nowhere. So guys, listening to this, this is not like a sanctioned 38 mile run. These guys, Trevor and these guys literally rented an RV and scouted a 38 mile run with no traffic with no human beings because we're running Maps. at we're running at midnight, right? So we're not trying to get hit by cars. So we're out in the middle of freaking nowhere, dude. Like I saw like eight houses out there, and they're oh all farmhouses.
1: Yeah, and the boonies, you know, it, you know, acre apart from each other.
0: Exactly. So another layer is this hour ride. Dude, I start getting car sick. I start getting nauseous. I've never been. I, I can't remember the last time I've been in an RV, dude. Like what? it literally felt like a boat. Like, no, dude, it really felt like I was on a plane that had a lot of turbulence getting shipped off to war. Like <laughs> I know I'm being dramatic, but I knew my body was going to be preparing for war mentally and it was just so bumpy dude and like it was it was really really um it threw me off let's just say that i mean
1: let's 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 also you know the, the elephant in the room you're probably nervous as shit oh hell too, yeah you and, know
0: shit bricks and then i'm trying to take hitah my my supplements <laughs> before right yeah exactly i'm sh- my supplements are shaking like i'm getting the powder on the floor oh, like man. i have my routine knees
1: weak palms sweaty
0: <laughs> mom's spaghetti <laughs> right that's an m song if you didn't catch that so i'm thrown off dude like the first the the Hour leading up to all my big runs, I always take this supplement, this supplement, this powder, magnesium, electrolytes, like routine. But could, yeah, but I couldn't do that because I didn't want to throw up. So, <laughs> once we stop, there's when we stop till we run is only 15 minutes. So now I take all of my pre my pre-running supplements in that 15-minute window. Nice. Right? Cuz Trevor was adamant. He wanted to start running at midnight, right? So I got a headlamp on, and next thing you know, we're running, right? And, man, the first few miles, you're just all adrenaline, right? Like, oh, this is great. This is easy. Having fun, talking shit. Oh, yeah, definitely. What is it? Describe the first mile. Um, The first mile was definitely a lot of shit talking. Um,
1: (laughs) To each other, to um, the the
0: challenge of 38. Yeah, the challenge. You know, Trevor is really... Famous for using the word "send it," like dude, we're gonna send it, like send it, dog, you know. So I always remember one thing he said, like mile one, he's like, he's like, bro, there's no one that's gonna send it for us. Send it for us. We're out here sending it right now. You You gotta send it yourself, (laughs) 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 You know, he's like beating his chest, like, right? It's one a.m. running. Who else doing this shit? You know, it really felt like we're like in a football huddle. You know what I mean?
1: Had a lot so that's of a good. That's a good description. So some locker room. Energy. It was definitely
0: locker room. Pre
1: playoffs, championship games. If you've ever felt that like that type of vibe.
0: Yeah. I mean, because we had the driver, Corey, shout out to Corey. He drove from midnight to 9 a.m. The whole time sober. And he's just driving the RV just for us. Just following oh, us. Oh man, What a gangster. Then we had two or three other runners besides me. And we're all rooting for each other. We're all cheering each other on. And then we had three camera guys, dude. So it was like a total team effort. So first few miles, it's just like, dude, we're skipping. Like yippity do da, yippee yay. You know, my, oh my, what a wonderful day. This is awesome. All right. Um, we didn't take our first break until probably mile seven. We took a little two minute break. You guys just are feeling great. Yeah, I'm feeling know? great, dude. Um, for those of you don't know, and maybe you've heard of this term, but there's something called runner's high runner's high is when you're running and it literally feels like you just snorted the best line of cocaine. You just took the best pain pill, like the best hit of the bong that you found in your dad's garage, right? Like ecstasy, the best drug out there, yeah. right? Times a hundred. Oh, yeah no joke dude so this is is this when it kicks in it kicked in about mile eight mile nine and i'll tell you Keith. i was running and at the time the rv is behind trevor Trav, trevor and i because it's near travis and so it's about a mile behind us so the headlights are very faint and it's pitch black i can barely see trevor next to me
1: just the headlamps
0: i can barely even see yeah yeah we turned the headlamps off <laughs> because we wanted to like really really get in tune Dude, all I could see were the stars above me, and it felt like I could grab the stars. Like It literally felt like I could just reach up, grab the stars, and bring it down to my palm. I have the moon right in front of me. I can't even see my shoes for the most part, dude. And I literally felt like I was in a video game. Like I felt like I had the best drugs I could have ever taken, and I just felt like I wasn't even moving, dude. I felt like I was on an escalator, and it was just the best high ever, dude. Plus the fact that I was nighttime stars like just felt unreal. Um, so that was a, a really good moment. And then uh we took another break at mile 13. I remember taking a story for Instagram. I was like, all right, just ran a half marathon, just did mile thirteen, feel pretty good, took like a two, three minute break in the RV. We really just ran in the R V, drank some liquids, maybe ate a banana, ran back out and kept running. So Um,
1: what is what time are we at mile thirteen? Mile
0: thirteen, I think I said I was at um, probably two a.m. one one forty five a.m. right around there. Keep in mind we're pacing ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. We're not trying to. That was another hard part, Kita. Is a lot of the times blow your load too quick. Yeah, dude. A lot of times I'm telling Trevor, I'm like bro, what's our pace right now? And he's like, dude, we're at like nine minutes, and 30 seconds. I'm like, we got to slow down. Like that's running. That's, that's slow down, dude. Cause we didn't want to exactly blow our load. Um, and that was another lesson that I learned, dude, is my last big run before all this a week before was mile 18. That was when I got to meet my boy, Eric Spolster on the strip, okay. right? That was the run that I wanted to throw up, that I got dizzy, that I stopped at mile 18 I had to take a seat on the side of the seven 11 gas station building in the shade because I was about to pass out and I called my wife to come help me and rescue me. That was that run. I busted my load in the beginning. I ran a, a nine minute, eight and a half minute mile, the first 10 miles. And that was another learning moment. Right? So I, rem- that was my mantra actually going into this 38 milers do not bust your load. Right. Do not go too quick. And dude, that's such a good lesson in life altogether, right? Like, dude, whatever you plan on doing, it's probably going to take a little bit longer than you think, right? So play the long game, dude. Like be in it to win it long-term, right? So mile zero to to mile 13, cool. Um, You know, once we got around mile 19, mile 20, took another break, still pitch black. And then I hit my first wall, dude. And when I say wall, I'm talking about you want to quit. You feel like you can't go anymore. You're questioning why you're even doing what you're doing. You want to just get in the RV and just go to lay down mile 28, mile nine. I ran out of energy. I started getting tight in my, my quad. I started thinking about, man, maybe this is my ceiling because I only did 22 miles and here I'm at mile 29. I've done seven more miles. Like I'm starting to give myself, I'm starting to justify my my thoughts. I'm starting to give myself credit. Giving yourself comfort. Exactly. 100%. And that's another life lessons is you start giving into your comfort because our body, our mind seeks comfort. Comfort's easy, right? So I'm over here just playing into this narrative. Well, dude, if I stop now, I did 29. Getting comfortable with the idea of being comfortable. Yeah, exactly. All right, I did seven more miles than I did before. Like I can still walk away feeling good. But then I'm like, no one more mile. Let me just get to 30. And that was another one of my mantras when I was running training in all this. Dude, I'd be at mile six freaking dying. I'm like, dude, let me get to seven and see what happens. One more mile. Don't be a bitch. One more, just one more. And let's see what happens. And again, the whole time, if I'm at mile six, I'm wanting to do 10 miles that day, but I'm dying at mile six. I'm like, no, let's get to seven, dude. Let's get to seven. Let's see what happens. I get to seven. All right, dude, let's get to eight. Just one more mile. Just one more mile. Let's get to eight and see what happens. So I played that game and I remembered that. So then I played that game again at mile 29. Let me just get to 30. Let me see what happens. And then next thing I know at mile 30, 31, I was able to go into the RV. I was able to take what's called magnesium. Magnesium, guys, is, man, it's, I've learned a lot about running over the last six weeks with electrolytes. And magnesium is hard to come by because it's It's really really only abundant in spinach, uh, pistachios uh, just a few and foods you have to eat a lot of it yeah yeah to, to get
1: the proper yeah and everyone is basically from what i my research on everyone is magnesium deficient, deficient.
0: oh yeah yeah every single person yeah and magnesium helps with sleep it helps recovery um they say it's really the anti-cramp right your mom and your dad gave you a banana growing up don't cramp right that's the remedy Um, because it has potassium and potassium is supposedly the anti-cramp. And I'm not saying that's not true, but Mm -hmm. from my research, my understanding, magnesium is more powerful than, than potassium when it comes to cramps. So I start to feel I'm having a cramp. So I make sure I take some magnesium at mile 30. I'm taking sodium. Sodium is a crucial electrolyte. I don't think people realize the power of salt, right? Sodium, salt, same thing. Sodium is so important when you're sweating, when you're exercising, it could be working out, it could be doing yoga, it could be walking around the neighborhood. Like dude, if you are moving your body, you're losing sodium in some way, shape or form. If you're sweating more, you're losing even more. Mm. And you have to replace that. And you can't replace it with going to freaking Kanes chicken or McDonald's. Like you you need good, good quality sodium. So I took some sodium, had a bagel, um, and I had a banana. And... I remember leaving the the uh, RV after a couple minutes. I'm like, okay, I, f- I feel a little bit better. Um, and then the funniest part about this whole story, dude, is from mile 30 to mile 33, I'm like, okay, like, let me just keep doing one more mile at a time. I'm going to get to this 38. I'm just going to keep chipping away. Just one more mile at a time. Mile 33, I'm like, dude, I got to take a shit. So one <laughs> thing about magnesium, guys, is it does keep keep you loose. Okay. Okay. Mild diuretic. Yeah, so mile thirty three. I mean, I gotta take a shit. Oh man! Good thing the RV was there. So I go running in the RV. Do you imagine if the RV oh, wasn't there on the side of the road, bro? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's oh, that yeah. serious? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh yeah. It's this is not solid shit, right? Like, oh no! I mean, fun I, stuff. I haven't really eaten anything. The yeah, whole day. So this, is a, the right? this is the fun stuff. This baby stuff. This is eight a.m. No, oh. no. This is seven thirty a.m. So, right. and
1: then, granted, you wake up at four, so you're up twenty four hours at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because we didn't have
1: the podcast. You were already up at four the yeah. day
0: before. The sun's out, right? The sun coming out gave me a little bit of energy, right around mile 29, 30, when I'm just this does kind of wake picture. you up when you see Yeah, it. seeing the sun, it kind of felt like- Birds chirping it, and, and, and shit. And I know people listening to this podcast have all had at least one night where <laughs> you walk out the club or you walk out your homie's house and you're like, wait, what? I came in this place, it was dark. Now sh- it's light, right? So I had that feeling, but I'm sober. So I go run, go take a shit had some more sodium, drank a little bit of, uh, you know, electrolytes, had another bite of, of a a bagel. And I, dude, I remember coming out the RV and the camera guy, low shout out to low. He got a lot of good footage and and he was really, really helpful along the way. I get out of the RV. I said, low, I'm calling my shot. He said, what do you mean? He's like, I'm like, I'm running 40 miles. I'm at 33 four miles ago, I was going to quit. You know what I mean? (laughs) And he's probably thinking like, this dude's retarded. Like this dude is, is, is silly. Hopefully I didn't offend people with the word retarded, you know, never know these days. Right. So needless to say, low probably doesn't have a lot of confidence in me. Yeah. But I'm like, dude, I am calling my shot low. I'm running 40. I'm doing it. So I just have another runner's high dude at mile 33 Next thing you know, I'm at mile 36. I still feel good. I remember doing a selfie video. I'm like, guys, I'm two miles out. I've been running the whole time. I feel great. I'm going to go for 40 because I'm so close to 38. Why not get to 40? 38 is such a close number to 40. Like I want to leave this place and be done with 40. And I think one thing also, Ketah, and this goes for everyone else, is it's really important to put yourself in the moment of accomplishing that goal, right? Someone that we look up to personally, and, and maybe you've uh, heard of this person, um, Andy Frisella. Andy Frisella has talked about like the type of visions he has in looking into his future. I mean, he goes so in depth to say like, because he's a big car guy, right? Man, I just dreamed of the car I wanted, I felt like the material of the car you know the seats the color how big it was inside my dream house like I knew when I walked in what it looked like where the pool was where the master bedroom was like he put himself in that winning state and I did the same thing with the running dude like at mile 30 33 29 even when I felt like quitting I was like no dude like that feeling you're gonna get when you finish like when you finish the the, the run when you go across the finish line. Like, dude, like, imagine what your daughter is going to say when you tell Bella, dude, I finished this shit. You know, she didn't think I was going to do it. Like I I start just thinking about like how confident I'm going to feel doing it. Right. So I'm at 36. I'm feeling confident. I get to mile 38. I'm like, dude, I I freaking got this. (laughs) I go back into the RV. So from mile 33 to mile 38, I ran the whole thing didn't stop, took another break at 38, even though I don't think I needed it. I just knew I wanted to get to 40, no questions asked. So I stopped at mile 38, took another scoop of sodium, another little bit of magnesium, had a little bite of, of uh, a bagel, two, three minute break, went right back out. And when I got to 40, I thought I was done. I was like, hell yeah. Well, the RV was a mile away. Stop. Oh, is that why you had the
1: 41? Yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Are you serious? Yeah. That's the reason why I was 41. Yeah. yeah, So you could have stopped at 40, but yeah. you literally had to, you would have had to, you had to do a mile anyway. Dude,
0: When I got done with 41, I definitely could have gone at least another three, four miles. Yeah. Like I've, I felt really good the next day, a little tight, really good. The day after really good. Like what's be,
1: recovery like after running 40
0: miles, oh, dude, it was, people were saying that I was going to be useless um, that it was gonna be really rough. Um, and they were saying this about a marathon, mm-hmm. right? People that ran marathons were telling me this. So when they told when I told them how much I was running, they're like, dude, don't count on doing anything. Um, I got in a car, no problems. I had to walk a little gingerly. Well one when I finished, I was able to walk just fine. I kind of did a couple squats, like body weight squats to just make sure that I was fluid. I was able to walk just fine. Um, I had to walk up a set of a set of, uh, a flight of stairs when I got done with the, uh, the run, when we got in the car and went back into town. Um, I took a two hour nap because I didn't sleep at all right at, uh, at Travis's apartment or his hotel he got. And then I got back in the car and drove two hours from St. George to Vegas, got home at six. I had a pack. Because I had to go to Sacramento for you know Ariel's dad's uh, burial, so I had to catch a flight the next day. I had to wake up at four a.m. to catch a flight, and so then I'm on a flight the next day, and then I'm in a different city the next day, and I went to the gym the next day, dude. It was it was pool day, bro. And and you remember what our pool day workouts yeah. are? And yeah, we, we start. We, it's heavy. We start with the hundred put hundred pull ups, and yeah. then we get into back workout. I did my normal my normal back workout yeah. the next day, dude. I mean,
1: shit, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the, that's... What do, you, what do you credit your secret to? Because, I mean, obviously, training, being dialed in for six weeks, is it the supplementation? I mean, because I definitely feel like, listen, you know, you could David Goggins it out and, and kill yourself and break your shins and finish the mile still. We've all read the book. You know, yeah. it's possible. Yeah. But how important was it for you to use supplements? Because, you know, to me you know, having an edge matters, whether it's business, whether it's an edge on somebody in life, you know, edges matter or, you know, some type of, you know, way to beat the system. Cause that 38 was there to beat you. You know, it had every right to kick your ass and leave you out there in the middle of nowhere, you know, full of shit (laughs) and magnesium, Yeah. Yeah. but it didn't, you beat its ass, you know? So like, do you feel like that's the supplements, you know, like, is that like Something because no reason not to use supplements. That's what the reason they're out there for yeah. You can't get magnesium literally from you to add, add what eat a, a fucking shitload of spinach. That's unpractical.
0: Yeah. So I think one, the the <clears throat> mentality, the mindset, like we just talked about, that's a given, right? Like you definitely have to have that vision of you. It's excellence, it, right? Like you have to have that commitment and really put yourself in a position of what does it look like when I accomplish this goal? How am I going to feel like really start training your body to start accepting that's what's going to happen. So it's no choice. It will happen, right? So one, it's a mindset thing, but two, you're absolutely right. Someone can have the best will, the best commitment, but if they're not dialed in with their nutrition and they're trying to accomplish a athletic goal, probably going to fall flat on their face just because the physical limitations come into play. Um, So for me to go from running three miles on June 3rd and be gassed and Really, that was my limit at that point in time to six weeks later running 41 miles and doing it with um, not ease by any means, but it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. And I felt really good the next day. Um, Yeah, for sure. The preparation. uh, I did a ton of stretching, dude. I mean, I'm talking stretching twice a day. Mm. Right. Stretch in the morning, stretch at night, whether I ran or not. Like just stretching every single day. Um, My diet. That was huge. I carb loaded the week going into it. So what I'm trying to say is I ate a lot of pad Thai. I had a lot of spaghetti. uh, I ate a lot of brown rice. I ate a lot of beans. Um, that was tricky dude, because I've been used to going protein heavy and cutting about 2,300 calories a day because I'm trying I was cutting, right? I went from 200 pounds to one, I ran at 183 pounds. So next thing I know, I'm having to alter my diet. That was another challenge, right? But the week going into it, I carb loaded really, really hard. Shout out to Chipotle. I had (laughs) double chicken bowls, double rice, double beans. Easy thousand cows right there. Dude, so I did a ton of that a week going into it. Um, And then, man, I probably had about 6,000 milligrams of sodium from midnight to 9 a.m.
1: And it didn't kill you. Wow.
0: Yeah. And I probably had 1,000, 1,500 milligrams of sodium the day of the the run, leading into the run. And then I probably had a 1,000 milligrams of magnesium throughout that 12 to nine, because it took me nine hours and one minute to run 41 miles. So people think that sodium is associated with diabetes and you know, heart, heart conditions. Dude, that's more processed foods. sugars, Right? Now, if you are not active and not sweating and not moving your body and you have a bad diet and part of that diet includes a lot of sodium, Tito and, chips yes, and shit like yeah, that. then there's, there's some bad um, to that. But if you're perspiring a lot, you're sweating a lot, you're moving a lot, dude, like you're losing sodium. And I've been doing a lot of research, man. Like sodium is, is almost like the, the kind of the, the, the hidden gem for these ultra runners, these triathlon athletes, these Ironmans, these, these dudes that are just, and women that are just performing at such a peak level. Um, so I would, I would attribute that, you know, those supplements, those electrolytes to, uh, being able to do the, the 41, um, successfully and then feel good the next day, man. Yeah, Like it's a, uh, I, I literally was at mile 40 and I'm like, all right, I want to do 50 miles. Like I was already thinking ahead. <laughs> Damn. I was like, I'm so, ready to yeah,
1: do See, I mean, the supplementation, I mean, you could have grinded it out, you know, and, and finished at 38 and, and hated life, or you could have, you know, finished and be able to drive home and take naps and, and do things like that. So what, what, after planning and successfully accomplishing this goal, what are you going to keep, you know, cause you weren't a runner June 3rd, you know, you'd had it ran besides soccer and I don't know how long. So what are you going to keep after this run? You know what stays with you obviously the memory the accomplishment but what practice or lesson or something that's going to stick with you from this
0: and keep putting myself in hard positions because during all this kita you know better than anyone listening to this we experienced some challenges in business over the last six weeks right some things out of our control require tough conversations tough decisions that's hard Running 41 miles is hard too. It's a different kind of hard. So, just remembering that putting yourself in hard situations, there's a lot of good that comes from that. And, you know, I'll kind of end this with, you know, Bella asked me after I did like maybe my 18 or 22 mile run, because Bella knew I was training for all this. Again, Bella's my 13 year old daughter. She's like, Dad, why are you running 38 miles? That sounds dumb. Right. Like, you can picture a 13 year old kid saying that. Mm And, you know, I just remember telling her, look, do the hard things. Don't run from hard, right? Because if you can get good at operating under hard times, the sky's the limit. Everything that you have in your life, Kita, everything that you have in your life, the listeners, think about it. It's that much sweeter because it came from hard times. It came from heartache. It came from pain. It came from hard work, right? And if you can put yourself in more of those kinds of situations, you're training your body where it's like, okay, I can handle this. Then the next thing that comes about that's hard, you're just a lot more prepared, right? That's that's all it is, just being more prepared for that next hard because that next hard is right around the corner. And this run was just a hard that I took out of nowhere and I brought it to the forefront and I chose this hard. And most people are going to think you're an idiot because why are you putting yourself through that misery? Well, I'm looking at it as I can collapse time. And that was something that Trevor told me when he ran 37 miles last year, because when he turned 37, he ran 37 miles for his birthday last year. And that was a phrase he told me that I really loved. He's like, cause I asked him the same thing. I was like, would you take away from your 37 mile run last year? He's like, dude, the run collapse time. In that time, I had so many emotions. I had emotions and I thought of quitting. I thought of how badass of I am. I thought about, you know, this is confident. I'm going to do this. This is great. What am I doing? I'm quitting. Dude, that's freaking life, right? That's business. That's just life in general. You feel like retreating. You feel like advancing. You feel like you're king of the world. You can't be stopped. What am I doing? People think I'm stupid, right? What does this person think of me? and the run just collapses time. So I would what I take away from this kita and what I want to share with the listeners is find things that allow you to collapse time. And and that can be I'm not saying you got to run 40 miles, but that could be taking a course, that could be joining a mastermind group, doing coaching, surrounding yourself with friends and and a network of people that are further along than you are, because they're just going to rub off on you. You're going to learn from that coaching program. You're going to learn from that twenty mile run, where you're collapsing time, and in that time, you're shortening the time frame in terms of the lessons and what you learn versus not putting yourself through that type of experience. And it's just going to take longer for you to get from point A to point B.
1: I really like that because it's basically allowing you to accomplish and achieve. A lot of emotions and not, you know, for entrepreneurs, men specifically, emotions is not something that we typically deal with. So I like the idea of being able to force yourself to go through a spectrum of emotions that all require a different degree of handling in nine minutes and one minute.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those nine hours and one minute, nine hours, one minute. Yeah. Dude. Learning how to handle my emotions, learning how to not give my pain a voice, also learning how to have that runner's high of wanting to conquer the world and feeling like I'm king of the world to taming that and be like, dude, shh, one more mile. Just just focus on what's in front of me. Just one more mile. And that's the same thing with you guys, right? You're building a business. You're trying to get a raise. You're trying to get you know um, a different job. You're trying to lose weight. Like, dude, just focus on one brick at a time. Right? I love that story. Of Will Smith. His dad had him and his brother make a wall and a brick wall. And it took him like freaking two years to do it. Every single day, his dad made him lay bricks every day in the book. Will Smith says, this dude, you made me do it on Christmas, my birthday every day. And one day, like a year into they're like a quarter of the way into the wall, third of the way done. Will looks at his dad. He's like, dad, why are you making us freaking like build this wall? And his dad goes, you're not building a wall. You're laying bricks brick by brick that's life son and was like I didn't realize that lesson until I got older because we look at this big wall and we get overwhelmed man how am I gonna do it it's gonna take three years like freak I'm gonna get tired like I don't even know versus dude just one step at a time one brick at a time and if you do that consistently enough you'll get the result
1: yeah I mean look at innovation today I mean there was what the Sears tower was once the biggest tower eiffel tower becomes the biggest one what abu dhabi got the biggest one now you know like you know eiffel tower at one point was the biggest structure we're humans we're here to outdo each other that's the name of the game and you can make yourself be known and accomplish things that you didn't think that you could accomplish in a short amount of time or you could be average
0: Yeah. yeah guys would you rather be called crazy or average your choice yeah Yeah, I think we can mic drop that. Guys, give us some love. Again, if you've not given us a review, we really appreciate the reviews. Share this with a friend. Um, pretty sure in the next episode we're gonna have a badass guest. We've got some really cool guests lined up. So we have,
1: we could, we're on a run right now. So we, any, we, any any anytime you get to get just us to enjoy it because we got freaking hitters. I know. On guests. On on literally, what is it on deck in baseball? We got yeah. hitters on deck. Yeah. You know, Amen. after hitter. Amen. After hitter.
0: Amen. Well, uh Keito said something that I wanna end it with is you know, humans outdo other humans. You outdo yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you doing better than what you did last week, last month, last year? Right? That's all that matters. That's the competition. Compete with that motherfucker in the mirror. Exactly. Exactly. All right. You guys have a good week. Again, we appreciate you guys' time. And we'll catch you next week. Peace.